Simon, son of John, do you love me? The, uh, the disciples had had a, um, a pretty good morning. They'd gone fishing. They couldn't catch anything. This person from the, the beach tells them where to fish. They turn their nets to the other side, and they haul in more than they can handle. 153 enormous fish, and then the beloved disciple sees that it is Jesus and they rush to shore. Then uh, they get there, and Jesus has breakfast ready. He has uh, bread. There is grilled fish, and they feast. I, I can only imagine that this was uh, almost a, uh, a perfect moment uh, until Jesus kind of ruins it. Because they're there with all uh, the people they love, and Jesus is again amongst them. And then, and then he asks this question. I have to believe it was kind of awkward. You know, just focusing in on Peter. Simon, son of John, do you love me? But, I also wonder if maybe this was uh, a kind of relief for Peter. I wonder if he had been holding on to something deep within his heart and he needed to hear this question. Sometimes when we are holding on to something, it's, it's hard to know quite what to do. Do we just come out and say it? Do we wait for the other person to ask? And so that's what happens. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs. I was reminded this week of the life and legacy of an iconoclastic Baptist preacher named Will Campbell. Some of you may know of Will Campbell. He was a leader uh, for decades in the movement for civil rights in this country. But the moment I want to focus on this morning in his life came in 1966. He was at that point uh, working with the uh, Students for Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, SNCC, um, and there had been a change in leadership. John Lewis, who would later become the eminent congressman, he had uh, moved on, and there was a new leader, and it was uh, Stokely Carmichael. And so Will uh, talked with Stokely about what uh, what he could be doing. Now, Will was a, a white man, uh, born and raised in the Deep South. And he asked uh, Stokely Carmichael, who was a black man, he said, what, what should I be doing? And Stokely Carmichael 
told Will Campbell to do something that he hadn't done yet and he hadn't really prepared for. He said, Will, go work with your own people. Go work with your own people. So that's what Will did. He, he left the leadership of the uh, National Council of Churches and moved to the hollers of central Tennessee, to Mount Joliet, Tennessee. And he worked there uh, in the vineyard of the Lord. But being Will Campbell, this iconoclastic man, he did it in a way that you don't often find. For instance, he didn't have a pulpit. He had no church. Uh, he met in local taverns. Uh, it's said that one of his sacraments was moonshine. Um, and what he did was he served the people, often, most often the poor white people of central Tennessee. He uh, cared for them. He tended them. He loved them. And being as many of them were poor white folks in central Tennessee, inevitably, some of them were in the Klan. What? Here was, here was someone who, uh, who was the first, uh, who was there at the beginning of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, the only white person there amongst all those black leaders. He, had, uh, he was on the steps of Central High School in Little Rock, Arkansas, as the Little Rock Nine attempted to desegregate the school. He was uh, one of the folks who helped organize the Freedom Rides. And now he was uh, tending to, loving people who were upholding and involved with probably the most vicious terrorist organization that this country has ever known. Well, um, the way Will Campbell puts it, uh, he never lost sight of the kingdom, but he did say that if you're going to love one person, you've got to love them all. If you're going to love one person, you've got to love them all. Which, as you might imagine, um, was hard for some people to hear. In fact, Will says that he received more hate mail from the left during those years than he ever did for the work that he was doing in Mississippi and Alabama from the right. Right? And it's, um, it was an incredible thing. Someone who had um, been working closely with and strategizing with Martin King and Bayard Rustin and Diane Nash and Jim Lawson. And here he was delivering groceries and spending time on the porches of central Tennessee. You see, uh, I would much rather engage in reconciliation 
with the people I already love. I would much rather have those hard conversations with people who don't push my buttons. And then, then we come to this scene on the shores of the Sea of Tiberias. And Jesus, it's like he seeks out in John's gospel those who have doubted and those who have denied. He comes up to Peter after breakfast and says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. What was it for Peter? What was it like that second time that Jesus comes? I mean, uh, I, I can almost hear, you know, it's tough to read tone in our gospel passages, but I almost hear kind of a plaintive, Lord, you know that I love you. But it's, but it's hard, and I get it. When you're face-to-face with that, with that person who has demeaned you or diminished you, it is very different than the abstract of reconciliation. I'm much more comfortable with the abstract of reconciliation. It's a great idea. And then I have to engage it with somebody who, um, well... Maybe we think that they're ignorant, or maybe we think they're elitist, or maybe we think they're narrow-minded, or maybe we think they're just plain wrong. And then we're there. And we're asked by Jesus, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Last year in September, so September of 2018, was the 100-year anniversary of a lynching that took place in Pensacola, Florida, September of 1918. On a day in September, a young black man named Leander Shaw was uh, forcibly removed from a sheriff's jail cell by an angry white mob of about a thousand people. The sheriff had stood up to them several times and said that he would actually, he would die before he let them in. And then some of them went around the back of the jail and broke it open and took Leander Shaw out and stripped him naked and beat him and then hung him from an electric light post in the plaza there of the town and then uh, then they uh, took out their guns and shot him 500 times in five minutes the people who were there that night were uh, so so animated they actually took home the shells from the lynching as a memento And so it was that a hundred years later, in that same plaza, Plaza Ferdinand in Pensacola, Florida, a group of about a hundred Christians gathered together in vigil to remember 
and to repent. And uh, they were there gathered uh, on the lawn in chairs under the really large oak trees. Uh, and there was one person there who, um, well, was in a different place. There was one lone protester who happened to be a descendant of a woman who had been raped and killed right around the time that Leander Shaw was lynched. And he was unrelenting with his words at this vigil and his, the sign he carried was just vile. And the, uh, the vigil kept going and they dug up some of the earth from that spot to send to the site in Alabama that is marking all the lynchings that happened in the campaign of terror across the United States. And then, one by one, the organizers invited people forward to light a candle, to say some prayers, to offer reflections that day, and people did, one by one, came up and held the space. Now, uh, as the vigil continued, there were uh, many there that day who wanted the police to come and to arrest the protester. This was a, a solemn occasion. He didn't belong. At the very least, just to escort him away. And then something extraordinary happened. One of the organizers of the vigil, a young African-American woman, uh, came up to the podium and she looked around at all the people gathered and then saw this lone protester on the margins. And she invited him forward. And he put a sign down and he came forward and she offered him a candle, which he lit. And then she invited him to speak. And this is what he said. He said, my great aunt did not deserve to die. And that man didn't deserve to die that way either. Thank you for listening to me. And he placed his candle down and he put the photo of his great aunt in front of it and then walked away. Now, as I've been sitting with this story this week, I have wondered, uh, would I be able to do what that young woman did? I mean, if she had ignored him, if she had found a way to send him away, no one would have argued. No one would have said, oh, wait, we'd stop. But instead, she invited him in. What kind of courage 
did she have? What kind of hope? What kind of love? How did she know to trust him? How can I love Jesus the way that that woman did so that I can feed God's sheep? And there's one more time Right? There's one more question that Jesus asked Peter. Simon, son of John, do you love me? And this is where Peter is hurt. I mean, I can imagine just being crushed. The person you love most in the world, and you've already said twice, yes. And so, again, Peter says, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And so why, why does Jesus do this? It, it seems uh, punitive that he is asking him a third time. But remember the story. Right? If I really came to, to, the, to the grip of this when we were right here in this space a couple weeks ago on Good Friday. Right, because this is not the first time that Peter has been around a charcoal fire being asked three times about Jesus. This happened on Good Friday as Peter is there in the courtyard and Jesus is being interrogated by the religious authorities. And once and twice and three times Jesus is, uh, Peter is asked, if he knows Jesus, if he follows him. And three times, Peter denies him. And so I believe that what Jesus is doing in asking him once and twice and three times is to say to Peter, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, I am willing to reconcile. Even with people we don't like. Even with people who don't like us. Even with people we deny. Even with people who deny us. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Feed my sheep, all of them.